All right, folks, into the Triangle Podcast, Couch Guy Sports. I'm Alan Mahegan, the man behind the glass making us always sound bearable, Liam Smith. Hello, uh, no hello. Jared Scally tonight. Jared, unfortunately, decided not to uh, not to join us. Don't know why. Actually, we know why. He was just busy this week. Some busy day, guy. Some week, yeah, he is. Some weeks you just have to, you know, you got to take care of business, take care of priorities, and Jared has priorities he needs to take care of, so he'll be missed on this week's episode a little bit. We miss but, you, Jared. A little bit. Not too much. But we still have a lot of Red Sox stuff that we have to talk about. We will recap the Yankee series. Red Sox took three out of four. Big series win for them. Obviously, the MLB trade deadline will be tomorrow, so we're recording this on Tuesday, July 30th. The MLB trade deadline is tomorrow, the 31st. And there are a lot of names that are being linked to the Red Sox, Liam, that we're going to have to digest and go through. But before all that, Liam, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Al, if you couldn't sense it before the podcast, I'm running hot this week. Uh, Work hard, play hard. Right now we're playing more than we're working, so it's okay. But uh, I'm doing good. And as far as these Red Sox go, they're doing better. And I'm, uh, I'll, I'll take three out of four from the Yankees in Fenway every weekend of the year. So that was awesome. That has my spirits high. I, I kind of wish we could have completed the sweep, but I'm happy. And we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, Liam's jump the gun. Lo- <laughs> it's all right. Liam's got a little bit of sweat coming from his brow. He still has his college shirt on from work. So he really is coming in hot, literally. So it's amazing that Liam's able to put on a performance for this podcast and another podcast we're going to be recording later. But Dude, you, don't I can. Worry. you don't need to worry about that. Just worry about this podcast, Into the Triangle. As always, follow us on Twitter at Into the Triangle. Rate, subscribe. Do all that good stuff for us, please. We want to make this Red Sox podcast big. So any contribution from you lovely folks listening will help us. But without further ado, let's jump right into it. So as Liam just said, Red Sox take three out of four from the Yankees. Winning the first three games on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday before losing the Sunday night game with Chris Sale on the mound, which I am, of course, upset about. But what can you do? So, Liam, I kind of want to get your initial thoughts on the series. Mine real quick. I didn't get to see much because if you listen to last week's episode, I was in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, for one of my AAU teams, and I flew in Friday night. And then on Saturday, had to coach three more games for another team. And then, uh, yeah. So I'm not even kidding you. I've coached or played in 12 games in the last week. So it's uh, it's been fun. But enough about my personal life. Red Sox take three out of four. And the bats came alive, which was awesome to see. I mean, you scored 19 runs on Thursday night, and the bats just didn't seem to stop. Even in the loss, you scored six runs. So, Liam, it's fair to say the offense was just firing on all cylinders this past weekend. And against one of the best teams in baseball, dare I say it, uh, the Yankees, man. Before we go on, I got to say one thing. There are a lot of people, and even people I know, that were like, oh my gosh, the Yankees stink. They're supposed to be the best team in baseball. They really stink. Give me a break, please. The Yankees are the best team, I think, in baseball this year, besides maybe the Astros. You give credit where credit's due. The Red Sox were the best team in the MLB last year from beginning to end. And so far, the Yankees have been that team. So don't sit here and tell me, oh, they're supposed to be real good. What is this Yankees team? Every team has a bad series. And the Yankees had a bad series against the Red Sox. Granted, as Red Sox fans, we'll take that every day and twice on Sunday. But 
stop with saying that the Yankees are bad. It's just it, there's no need for that because guess what? Last time I checked, they're still nine games above the Red Sox in the AL East. So relax, pump the brakes a little bit. But yeah, and you got to think a lot of eyes on a Red Sox Yankees weekend series that caps off with or that finishes off with Sunday night baseball. So a lot of these, you know, I don't want to call them fake fans, but fans that haven't been paying quite as much as attention as guys like us. Uh, call, we've call, been called pink hat fans. That's what they are. Pink, pink hats. Fans. Perfect. Uh, we've been putting some respect on the Yankees name this year. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we were saying, let's, I don't even want to think about the Yankees yet. We're thinking about the Rays. Uh, right. And to me, it's great. It's refreshing to know that we can still compete with this Yankees team. And why are we going to take it away from our guys? They got an awesome win. Why are we going to say, oh, it's not a great Yankees team? Give give these guys all the momentum they need to finish this season off strong. Right, and the thing is, is that this could be a series, and this could be a momentum series, because obviously the Red Sox get hot in August and September. I think they're going to make the wild card easily. And I'm not saying they're going to catch the Yankees, but they'll make it interesting. I think they can make it where they are, by the end of the season, three, four games back from the division. If they get hot. But again, that's a big what if. But one thing that I want to talk about in that Yankee series, Chris Sale. Obviously, you had all the momentum in the world. You just won three games in a row against your arch nemesis. You have your supposed ace on the mound. But then again, so did the Yankees. So, again, I don't know what the deal is with Sale. Everybody thought that he turned a corner against the Blue Jays, myself included. But it's like, it, it just seems like, Liam, he's still not there yet. And that's what infuriates me the most. And if you take a look, right, on Sunday night in that game, Sale wasn't himself. He went five in the third, gave up five hits, six earned runs, did have seven strikeouts, but also had three walks. So it's like, he wasn't the vintage Sale that we're used to seeing. And what's funny is, is he gave up a home run to Didi Gregorius. I think they said that's the first left-handed hitter that's hit a home run off sale in like at least a year, maybe two years. So that's a little weird to think about. And I think we've said it too. The long ball has been killing sale this year. He's given up more home runs this year than we've seen in years past. And that's just not Chris Sale. So I'm getting a little infuriated by him. I don't know what you think, but I'm just – I'm getting a little sick. I like the accountability aspect where he says he stinks and he knows it. Mm -hmm. But it's like, all right, it's time to perform. It's time to stop saying, start doing. Agree. And I'm I'm like you who – you know, you've referred to Chris Sale as your binky at times. I love the guy, and I think when he's at his best, he is the best. I think Sale last year in some moments, he I, he was unhittable. He was the one guy you'd have on the mound to get that out in any situation. He's the guy you'd want. And part of me, I still see it in his eyes. I know it's there. I know that it, it may take, you know, it may take the right situation to pull this guy out of him, but I know that sale's still there. Uh, my comment on how he looks right now, I guess just the stuff isn't there. He's 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 always been so confident in his stuff that uh, you know I've always thought he works well with Sandy because Sandy's great at calling the spots. He doesn't have to think about it. He can just know he throws he can throw the best pitch he can and not think too strategically. Now that his stuff uh, is starting to slack a little, I think it throws off his whole game when he can't be confident in his fastball. Uh, it it 
it just gets in his head, man. And, you know, you, you deal with uh, pitchers and head cases, if you will, on a daily basis. So you know all about that. Yep. And Sale, you know, cutting up jerseys, notorious history of being a head case. So if that guy's fastball is a mile per hour off, it could throw him off. It could. And there's one stat that I want to bring to your attention, everyone's attention for that matter. Sale this year is up to 1.41 home runs per nine innings. That's his worst before that was in 2015 when it was 1.09 in his career, 0.93. So he's not given up many home runs in the past. This year he is. So something's off. Something I think it's I think it's something with his mechanics. Because Chris Sale is the kind of guy I said it like literally two minutes ago. Accountable. So if he was injured, he'd probably say, "Yeah, I'm injured." Like that's what that's just Mm -hmm. what it is. I think he's that kind of guy. I think you can agree with that. Yep. But if it's not an injury, then I don't know what it is. It has to be mechanics because what uh, unless something's going on in his personal life, because obviously these athletes, they're not robots, they're human. Stuff goes on. Just like with us, stuff goes on all the time. So maybe something in sales personal life, but I, I don't think that's the case. I don't know. It's just getting infuriating going into a sales start thinking that you're probably going to lose. We're not used to that. We're used to saying, all right, sales on the mound, automatic win. Automatic. Seven innings, one or two runs. Offense just has to show up a little bit. And even that at times has been suspect. So, I don't know. In conclusion, we hope Chris Sale goes back to his Cy Young form. Could be a mechanical issue, but who knows? But you take three out of four. Now you got to beat the Rays, who the Red Sox are playing right now with David Price on the mound. And then you got the Yankees for four in the Bronx. So, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a fun week. Plenty of time for him to prove himself, to be honest. Absolutely. No doubt about it. So, moving on. The MLB trade deadline is tomorrow. And the Red Sox have been linked to several names. One name that was interesting was New York Mets closer, Edwin Diaz. And as you know, last year, Diaz had a monster year. Led the MLB in saves before getting traded as part of a trade package with Robbie Cano to the Mets. This year, the ERA has been up a little bit, 4.81 ERA. Some people say that the defense behind him hasn't been as great. So that's a reason why the ERA has been inflated. But it was rumored literally, I think it was literally yesterday, Liam, that the Red Sox were front runners to acquire Diaz in a trade before Wednesday. And then today, Ken Rosenthal comes out and says, yeah, the Red Sox are uh, now out on Diaz. So my question to you, Liam, is this. If you're out on Diaz... Ken Giles, I guess, has elbow inflammation, so he's out. Kirby Yates, it, I think Kirby Yates is the best option still for right now. But if you don't go get him, apparently the Red Sox want to get lesser names. Who could they be talking about? Because I have no idea at this point. I mean, yeah, we, we see the acquisitions that have already been made. A lot of targets are gone. Uh, what's even more concerning is I believe Cora came out and said that we weren't even targeting Diaz. It was just a rumor. Who knows whether or not that's true. Um, if it wasn't true, that's scary because we weren't even thinking about an option. Uh, I know. <laughs> it's unless they have this, maybe they have a guy up their sleeve that no one's thinking about. Uh, and hopefully that that is the case If because they're not giving us anything else. I hate to say it. I really do. But I think that Dombrowski and the Red Sox are really counting on Nathan Eovaldi to be this team's closer. 
I really think that's the case at this point. Because if you're not going out and being aggressive, like, so here's the thing. One other trade that I just want to bring up. So the Mets were involved in a big trade on Sunday. They acquired Toronto Blue Jays, right-handed starting pitcher Marcus Stroman, in return giving up two top 10 prospects in their farm system. The thing that I don't understand is this. The Mets, Liam, are that team that's like, they're, they're stuck in the middle. Yeah, they're not quite they're not rebuilding, but they're not a contender. But then again, they make these moves, and it's like, what are you doing? So, especially with the Mets, they've been rumored. Zach Wheeler, most likely going to be traded. Even Noah Syndergaard has been in trade talks. So my whole thing is, why are you going out and getting Strowman if you're going to sell all these guys? It's just, I don't know what the Mets are thinking. And honestly, the Mets are kind of ruining the trade deadline for everybody. They really are. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like, stupid money. That's yes, all it is. Let's call it spade a spade. If Strowman, and Strowman apparently, so I don't know if you heard this, and I know it's a Red Sox podcast, but it all connects back to the Red Sox, so bear with me. Marcus Strowman was pissed when he found out he was going to the Mets. There was an inner clubhouse commotion, and it was him basically being a baby about it, which, in a way, I don't blame him. He's worked his ass off. He's earned the opportunity to go to a contender, and then he gets traded to the New York Mets, who aren't even contending in the yeah. NL East. Are you kidding me? I mean, no one wants to be a Met. Have you seen their fans? They get off on being miserable. Like, they literally thrive in chaos, Mets fans. Kevin Clancy, yep. a.k.a. KFC from Barstool, is the legitimate definition, and he'll admit it too, the legitimate definition of a New York Mets fan. So you're probably wondering, Al, why the hell are you bringing up Marcus Stroman when this is a Red Sox podcast? If you listen a couple weeks ago, Liam, I was the first one to say Red Sox could maybe make a bit at Stroman, and you should. Obviously, that didn't happen. It was a pipe dream, but you know what? A man can still dream. He can. I dreamed. It's going to stay in my dreams. But now the big thing is you're not going to get a starting pitcher, but you could have used Stroman. You know, you could have, you still could have used Stroman. And even with, like, Diaz, okay, I don't know if you were watching at all, Liam, but I, w- I was watching MLB Network earlier today. Mark DeRosa had a trade that would infuriate Red Sox fans. Did you see it at all? I did not. What was that? The Red Sox would acquire Edwin Diaz and Noah Syndergaard, which is pretty good. But in return, they'd have to give up Andrew Benintendi and a couple prospects. Yeah, Liam's face is literally like, I don't know if I'd do that. And honestly, I don't know if I'd do it either. I mean, yes, you're taking care of two needs. You're, t- you're getting a good right-handed starter in Syndergaard, and you're getting your closer in Diaz. But to give up a guy like Ben Benintendi, and, and some people have even said, yeah, I'll get rid of Ben Benintendi. Why are you going to get rid of him? The guy was almost an all-star last year. He's a good quality glove in the outfield. Without Andrew Benintendi, you don't win the ALCS last year, especially that game-saving catch in Game 4. Yep. So why would you trade this guy? If you're going to trade anybody, I'm sorry, trade Jackie Bradley. Like, my God, his swing drives me nuts. His inconsistency at the plate drives me nuts. So you know what? If you want to get rid of him, that's fine. South Carolina boy, so you know I'm a big Jackie guy. But if if it comes to we're trading Benintendi and we haven't even considered opting off Jackie Bradley in a way, then yeah, what are we doing? Uh, ben Attendee also, he's just, if we get rid of him, I don't, it would have to be a substantial deal, and I wouldn't want to give away any prospects. 
You don't want to give away prospects, especially with this depleted Red Sox farm system. Well, that, and Dom, we know Dombrowski. He's never gonna his far, He's never gonna build a farm system. He's gonna go out and buy solid young guys, but he's not gonna rebuild your farm system. No, and and even with that, I'm gonna spin that a little bit and say he's more on the veteran side. He likes yeah. getting the vet, the veterans. Oh, so, yeah, and agree totally. I'm just saying in terms of youth development, all you're gonna get from Dombrowski is him buying younger players. I don't. Right. I don't think um he doesn't care about no, the farm system. No, he doesn't. And he's going to be gone probably like in a year or two. He's I, a winner. He's the guy you have in when you want, when your organization's in win-now mode. And we're kind of in that questionable in-between space right now. But the thing is, right, think about this. He had the Tigers before when yep. they were in win-now. He didn't win anything. He had the Marlins way back when they were just the beginning as a franchise. Didn't win anything. So the Red Sox were the first team that he actually won something with. So I don't know. I know people have said that the Red Sox want to get under the luxury tax. That's part of the reason that they're not going after these big names. I get that. But you're the Boston Red Sox. You have the largest payroll in the MLB. Why do you care about luxury tax? My goodness. Go out and try to win the freaking World Series again. You won it last year. You have pretty much the same core as last year, minus Craig Kimbrough and like Joe Kelly. So why not try to go out, get a closer? You prove that you're still c contending. Now, if they had lost the race series and get swept by the Yankees, fine. Sell. Do what you have to do. That's fine. But they're right there. They're one game out of the second wild card spot. And honestly, they could still jump the Indians for that first wild card spot and be home for the wild card game. So I know we've kind of just gone off tangents here. I don't know what it is, but where do the Red Sox go from here? Like, do you take that chance and do you trade a guy like Bobby Dalbeck or Tristan Cassis or Michael, even Michael Chavis? I think. I don't, go ahead. I, I really think that we've got to dish up some young guys. Um, you mentioned Cassis, Greenville Drive guy. Watch him play a couple times a month when I catch a game. Uh, I think you're right. We could get. There's a, we could get a solid relief arm for some of our prospects, minimal damage. Um, we could give a guy up like Jackie for probably more than he's worth uh, just because of what he's accomplished with us and what people know he means to the Red Sox. Um, I, I don't know. It, it just doesn't seem like there's anything in the cards right now. So I'm not sure uh, what the move is from the uh trade deadline standpoint but just going forward this team they seem like they're ready to win um so if we can just give these guys the right pieces i know we have a shot and it's infuriating because you just said it the pieces are in place and they have a legitimate shot it's like we really shouldn't have to be trading for arms right now you shouldn't but it, that's the situation you're in mm -hmm. and honestly i'm gonna go on a whim here and I got a take that's probably going to come back and bite me, Let's but I'm okay with that. I think in a short series in the ALDS, I think the Red Sox can easily beat the Yankees. Agree. Because the Yankees don't have as good a starting pitching. Yeah, the bullpen's unbelievable, but guess what? You have to still start a guy for three, four innings. If the Red Sox can get to the Yankees in three, four innings like they did last year, then we you just did this weekend. Right, exactly. Then you just got to hope that the whole pitching staff just holds it together somehow. 
You don't have to be as lights out as you were in last year's postseason, but give me something close to that. You got a shot. That's the whole thing. We're eternal optimists on the show, minus Jared, but hey, that's okay. You can't all be. But the yin and the yang. But you have to try to win this thing. And if Dombrowski goes out and gets these lower pieces or doesn't do anything at all, then that just says to Red Sox Nation, I don't care about winning this thing this year, and we're not going to win this thing this year. I'll say and this. Just- at, the, at this point, it's about more than – and this may be my narcissism as a Red Sox fan, it's more about, or it's less about the Red Sox uh, fan base and organization. It's more about this saving the whole state of baseball. I think the Red Sox have a chance right now to go on an incredible run after a somewhat bad news bears-ask major league start to the season and take this whole thing and become back-to-back champs. So I think the Red Sox have a chance to this team can pull it together to just reignite America's interest in baseball completely. But we need them to make the run. We can't have boring teams on top like the Yankees. Give me Rudy Stein in the bullpen at this point. Like, honestly, give me Rudy freaking Stein. Like, it's amazing. Like, I would settle for Amanda Wurlitzer as your closer, which would be great because she just threw straight shed in that movie. Spins. But... Just get, D- Dave Dombrowski, get me somebody. Please get me somebody. Get us somebody. Give us a reason to be glued to our TVs in August and September when the summer's over and school's back in session. Give us a reason to tune into the games. Like last year, you had your run. Great. It was fun. It was exciting. Seems like the Red Sox are winning every night. Red Sox don't have to win every single night, even though we want them to. But give us a reason to tune in. Don't stick with this bullpen for the rest of the season. You have to make a move. And if you don't make a move, then you're just only cheating yourself and you're cheating Red Sox fans out of a chance at back-to-back World Series championships, potentially. For better or worse, we're the biggest fan base in baseball. Don't let us down. Exactly. So, we've kind of of, uh, rambled on and on about deadline moves and all that. But let's end the show on a little lighter note. So, if you remember, uh, David Ortiz was in the hospital for a while after getting shot in the Dominican Republic. Obviously, there was a lot of bad vibes going on. Ortiz even saying when he was in the ambulance saying, please don't let me die. I'm a good man. Things seemed pretty bleak. But it was reported the other day, and David Ortiz came out on Instagram and basically said he's home. He's safe. Can't quite crush foods yet, as he had a picture of a steak on his Instagram. But the point is, he's back home. I wrote about this the other day. And honestly, this could be a motivation tactic, Liam, that the Red Sox can use. I'm not saying they're going to use David Ortiz, because they would never do that. He brought this city so many great memories and everything. But like in 2013, when he had the Boston Marathon bombings as that source of motivation to go out and play for the city of Boston. Ortiz could be a smaller version of that. that. That's my whole thing. I'm not saying that the marathon bombings, and listen, I understand what happened. I'm not saying the marathon bombings were anything like small. Obviously, it was a huge deal to the city, to this country. I get all that. But Ortiz, coming back from this, being the hero that he is in Boston. Mm-hmm. I get what not, you're saying. It's where. Boston's a city that runs on emotion, man. Give it yep. to him. 
and why not you why not use that as fuel for the next two months? Remember, Ortiz had his last chance in 2016. They made the playoffs, but they didn't win it. So why not try to win it for Ortiz this year when things look bleak? But the main thing is I'm happy he's home. I don't know if you had any comments or thoughts about it, but I'm just happy to see David Ortiz is at least somewhat functioning back to an old shell of what he used to be. Just stay in Boston, dude, and I promise you won't get shot again. I mean, yeah, that would be nice. I mean, God forbid he gets shot once. I I don't know what the city would do if it happened again. Home is where the heart is, man, and where you're not getting shot. So just stay in Boston is all I'm saying. Stay in Boston where you're loved. Best hospitals. A lot of great things here. Stay where you're loved. Stay with your wife and kids. And just enjoy the fact that you're still alive and you have a chance to watch this Red Sox team hopefully compete for a World Series championship. But if nothing else, Liam, I think that's pretty much it for this week. It's been a good one, even with no Jared. Even with no Jared. Jared will be back on next week. It was kind of a funky week. Like I said, I was down in Liam State, South Carolina. Beautiful. We'll we'll hold off on how uh, the little guys did. We'll wait for Jared to be here because I know he wants to hear about that so much. But as always, rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and anywhere else that you can find a podcast. Leave us those subscriptions. Leave us reviews. Tell us what we're good at. Tell us what we stink at. Tell us what Jared needs to do to make this show better. I don't know. You tell me. But also, take a look at all the merch in the Couch Guy store. And also, check out all the great writing that we do on Couch Guy Sports. Myself, Nick Quags at times, and all the other writers. We're putting out some good content. Merch, merch, merch. Go out and buy that merch. I know I said it literally five seconds ago, but I'm going to say it again. Go get the merch because it's pretty sweet, actually. And Nick Qualia still owes me a uh, t-shirt, so I still got to get on him on that. Maybe I'll get Jared to do it for me. Who knows? But if nothing else, that's Liam Smith behind the glass. I'm Alan Mahigan saying, go Red Sox and make a deal, please, Dave. Be dealing, Dave. Please, see you next week. Peace out. The trap you